UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're going to talk about Michigan's 42-7 victory over Penn State, a game that they won convincingly. Well, Andy, Michigan has gone through the three-game stretch that we were concerned about before the season started, thumping Wisconsin, thumping Michigan State, and uh, saving the best beating of all, I think, for Penn State. What did you think about that one? Well, it made me happy. I was kind of surprised that they were able to do that. I have more confidence in them now than I did before they won these three games, especially Michigan State in this last one, uh, Penn State. It, it was really a nice afternoon, a nice spectacle, and Harbaugh went on and on about how the crowd energized the players, and then afterwards the players went on and on about how the crowd energized them. It was a pretty setting, and it's uh, like Harbaugh said, it's, sort of like the old times revisited. What do you think? Well, it was interesting to hear Coach Harbaugh talk about that. You know, he uh, quite often is very guarded with, with his words, and it was very clear that he wanted to make a point to acknowledge the fans and let everyone know that he and the players and the team could really sense a, a difference in atmosphere. You know, and it's interesting because I think this is what we hoped for. No, I don't think. I know this is what I hoped for when Harbaugh came in. And it took a couple seasons to get here, but I'll tell you, I'm I'm genuinely excited. I mean, I really thought before that game that we were going to put, you know, I figured it was going to be Michigan in the the mid-30s, and I figured Penn State was going to score 10 or 14. Um Michigan did better than I thought, and Penn State really was completely contained. Um, yeah. You know, and I, and I know that part of that, you know, Penn State fans are going to say it was due to Trace McSorley's injury, but you know, I don't know how much it would have mattered. Um, I went and, and rewatched the game as I as I do after you know after attending, and what struck me is how completely dominant the defense is. I mean, absolutely. You're seeing it in real time, but then to watch it again and to see, you know, it, it really seems like Michigan is playing with extra guys on defense. They certainly they certainly do look, look good, and I'd have to rate all the positions, uh, groups as an A or A-. minus. They, they all did well, especially that defense. There's so many interchangeable parts there. Uh it just it just is great to see him rise to that level, and I personally I have enjoyed the way Harbaugh wins. He doesn't bolt, he doesn't get excessively happy, uh, but this time he was visibly euphoric regarding the win, and it was kind of nice to see him that way. Well, Andy, the thing that I thought was interesting is that all week in the run up to the game. The players were telling us how they really wanted to make a statement against Penn State. They did not appreciate that the Nittany Lions tried to score on the last play of the game last year when they were up big. And, um, you know, sometimes that gets in the way. Sometimes, you know, the the team doesn't. Sometimes players want to do so well and put a beating on that, that it doesn't happen. And 
in this game. Yeah, there, there, there were commentators and prognosticators that I heard before the game that said the pressure's all on Michigan, so that's why Penn State is going to win. I heard that on uh, uh, the Big Ten channel a couple, three times. The, the thing that surprised me was that it was really a complete domination from the beginning of the game on. You look at how the defense just completely contained them. And, you know, even the offense, I think when I was watching, uh, when I was watching the game in real time, and definitely when I was watching the game on tape, um, in the first half, uh, Shea Patterson underthrew a couple guys, you know, and the, the plays were able to go, but you look, if he had been able to hit him in stride, it would have been an easier touchdown. So again, complete domination, you know, another big game from Karan Higdon, and, and I think, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I finally feel like we're seeing the offense as Jim Har- Harbaugh would like to run it. And, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about why the offense is so much better this season. And, you know, the thing that I keep coming back to, you know, there are two factors. First, let's be honest, Shea Patterson is everything we hoped he would be when he, when he transferred in. You know, and I, I think about the differences between this season and last season. Last season, we struggled at the quarterback position. This season, Shea Patterson has it locked down. Also, we've seen the offensive line come together. We've seen Karan Higdon just be a hammer. Just, you know, and, and it's interesting because, you know, he runs and runs and runs. And you realize that he's basically wearing him and the offensive line are wearing the other team down. And it's not, you know, if he doesn't get a lot of yards, it's not that they're being frustrated. It's they're, they're just wearing him out. And, you know, I was thinking about it. It's kind of like water torture. It's drip, 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 and then it just drives you crazy, and he, he busts for a long play. So, uh, but again, things between this year and last year. First, Shea Patterson, first and foremost. The offensive line coming together. Karan Higdon being the hammer. But really, it's, it's amazing how um, how well Shea Patterson runs the RPO because there are times yeah there are times where I know you have to watch look for the handoff and I get fooled and yes and it's amazing when even when you know to expect it he's so smooth with it and it's really you know it's funny I was thinking like I was going to use the word magician it's really a sleight of hand he is so good and I know they tried a little bit, a bit of this last year, and probably part of it was they didn't get enough consistent quarterback play to be able to pull it off, and you know they were always under the gun because of the offensive line. But the reality is, is that Shea Panner's just darn good at at you know pulling that ball out, and it's amazing to see. Um, you know, again, Penn State's a good defense. It's amazing to see these guys who have been coached to watch for it get fooled over and over again. It really is. I mean, I, I went back and I was watching some of the exchanges, and it's just so seamless. And, and then when Patterson does keep the ball, when he does pull it out, he's so good at getting around that end. And, and again, he has deceptive speed. I, you know, I, I can't give him enough credit as, as a player. And, uh, again, you know, uh, compared to, to where we were last year, 
you know, and this is not to take a knock at anybody who, who played quarterback before, um, you know, last year. But you definitely see how it's supposed, how this offense is supposed to be done. And uh, it's amazing how great the offense looks um, when you have somebody who can, who can master those skills of pulling the ball out and, and, and basically fooling defenders. You know, Shea is, is uh, more athletic and he looks. You see him in person and he doesn't look particularly athletic. The muscles don't bulge on him like they do on Hagdon and some of the others and everything. But he, he's, he's got quicks and he's just got the touch. He understands the position. He is a good quarterback. There's no question about it. The thing that worries me about Michigan mostly now is that they have a very advanced offense if they can run the football. But what's going to happen if they have to rely on the pass? And I was relieved that Terry Black is back. That was a wonderful pattern that he ran there on that long pass he caught. And unfortunately, Gentry held on it and uh, got a foul, got a penalty, and so it was called back but it should have gone on the books. Otherwise, it would have gone on the books. Otherwise, he is a tremendous addition to that receiver core because he runs great patterns. He has a knack, and he's got good hands. And Harbaugh mentioned the hands on the receivers uh, at his press conference after the game that he thought that they hadn't had five drops this year. And they've been good. They really have. But I wonder if they have to rely on that, if somebody does manage to cut off the running game, uh, how they'll prosper. I think that's one of the challenges that they face. But if that running game's there, the rest of it's going to be there. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that I would say if you look back at the last three or four games, there have been halves where the, where the running game wasn't necessarily busting out. I mean, one of the knocks on one of the knocks on Michigan, and, and you know, you definitely see this from the people online, you know, the commentators, people, you know, people on sure. Twitter is all oh, Michigan's playing it close to the vest again, and and you know they're they're letting teams hang around, and I can understand the concern, but when you watch the games closely, like I said, it, it's they're wearing them out, like so. I don't know at what point. I mean, I think we, for me, we, I, it, we'd have to be pretty far into the second half before I'd be concerned that the running game wasn't going to break through. Um, now, again, at that point, you know, there's not a lot. You know, if you're if you're midway through the third quarter or into the fourth quarter, you know, time's a wasting. But or behind. But the thing that I'm looking at is, you know, when you look at the next couple of games. You know, and again, I know that the team says, you know, they treat every game like a championship and they don't want to look ahead. But when you look at the, uh, you know, we got Rutgers and Indiana. And my biggest concern, my biggest concern about those teams is that we don't have any injuries. I mean, and that's, you know, something bad that did happen in this last game is that Dylan McCaffrey broke his collarbone. And that is not something that he's going to come back from in a couple weeks. Okay. So it's too bad because. You know, he looked really good in, in backup duties. And not that you ever want to lose your first string, but I thought that, that he was a strong second. Um, so did I. 
I have, I, yeah, I have not been real impressed by Brandon Peters. So uh, hopefully Shea Patterson stays healthy. But again, my primary concern in these next two games is that we don't suffer any big injuries. Okay. You, yeah, well, that's always a concern in every game because they'll be hard hitting whether or not they're competitive. It's a different question, but everybody will be taking big shots again. You know, and then you look ahead to Ohio State, and you, it's a rivalry game. We've struggled with them for a decade, all that stuff. But Ohio State does not look like the bully that they look like at the, that we thought they were at the beginning of the season, right? No. So Still, they're a violent adversary, and and they'll be ready to play at home in in the in the uh, horseshoe. And Michigan has not played as well away. From home as they do at home, but it seems it appears that we've got a good shot to beat them this year. Uh, that it ought to be a good ball game. It probably will be very close, and uh, let's just hope the breaks and the penalties go our way for a change, which they haven't in the past. There. Now you mentioned that Tariq Black was back, and too bad yes. that play didn't that didn't count. But it was it was a nice pattern, and it looked good. And, again, it's another thing a team is going to have to watch out for. Um, Rashawn Gary was back in limited duty. Um, and, and, again, the, you know, the Michigan defense just rolled so deep. A um, couple interesting things I, I saw from the offense. Um, uh, Michigan just missed on completing what looked like a very nice screen pass that would have went for a very long gain in the first half. I thought it was great to show that to, to other teams. Um, we did a little fake off of a jet sweep, which, which again, was another interesting thing. So yep. I, I think what we're seeing is, and, and, and this is what something that you know we haven't seen in past years. So what you'd see is that in Harbaugh's first couple of seasons, um, the offense really was pretty fully formed, I'd say, by, by quarter or halfway through the season. It really didn't add a lot. Um, you know, you had a quarterback who, you know, I use the term managed yeah. man, managed the game. Quarterback that was a caretaker. Exactly, a game manager, right? Yeah. And yeah. and he might surprise the other team. You know, and I'm thinking of Ruddock and Spate might surprise the other team with a with a medium distance pass, but it was not somebody who had a big arm, not somebody who was gonna, you know, unleash a long, you know, play from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Now we're sure. seeing. That you have the run game, the run game, the run game, the run game. You have the RPO. You know maybe Higgins going to bust a long run. Maybe Evans going to is going to be your change up guy, and Patterson will take shots downfield. So it's interesting because I'm trying to think about on offense how you would game plan against Michigan, and you know there are a lot of ways you can get hurt. Now, how you would game plan against our defense? Good luck with that. I mean, the defense is relentless, and it's interesting because, you know, you and I have talked about this. When Don Brown came in, I'm not, you know, I was not completely sold. I know you've said, you know, similar things, but gosh, the the defense is a bear, okay? Chase Chase Winovich is is a force out there. Um, Again, everybody seems to be rolling. You know, I was thinking about this, that, you know, in past years, one or two guys would bubble up to the top, and they were kind of the guys you watched on every play. Now, it's so evenly balanced 
that I, I think Chase Winovich is that guy, okay? But when I break down the tape, you know, some people have questioned, well, why don't we hear about Khalid Hudson more? Or why don't we hear about Devin Bush more? Everybody is doing their job, and it makes it very difficult to attack any one spot. And, again, I sit here and I go, well, I've watched Michigan. How would I game plan against the defense? You know, um, the thing that you normally do, you know, when you when you have a hard-charging defense is you would go to screen passes or you'd go to slants. Well, the problem that you have is you don't know where the rush is coming from. So if you call, if you try to call a screen pass or you try to call, call a quick slant, you know, there's a good chance somebody's going to be coming right in your face and, and you're going to throw the ball blind, and you're going to throw, you know, and it, you know it's either going to get blocked or there's going to be an interception, or uh, you're just going to end up on your back. And again, watching, watching the Michigan defense now, you know, again, big picture here, um, you know, Michigan is starting to be, you know, I, I'm starting to consider them as, you know, definitely one of the top teams in the country. Okay, and when you start talking about top teams in the country. The top team in the country is Alabama, okay? And, you know, again, you know, some projections are showing Michigan might, you know, if, if everything works out, run into Alabama in the first round of the college football playoffs. What will be interesting to me is how a dominant offensive line will deal with the Michigan defense. And, I, th- I mean, we are not going to see that versus Indiana. We are not going to see that versus Rutgers. Frankly, you know, we're going to see a better offensive line against Ohio State, but I don't know if I'd, I'd call them a lead at this point. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's kind of the, the solution or, or the, 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 uh, the way I would attack it is if I had a really good offensive line um, and I can give, you know, receivers time to get downfield or, I, or if I could open up seams for my running game. But we have not seen that. I mean, if you go back this year, if you take away the first quarter against Notre Dame, uh, you know, how could you put it, you know, what bad can you say about this defense? And, and you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of bad things you could say. I mean, shoot, they, they get pick sixes, um, they cause fumbles, they sack, they, they get sacks, they disrupt, um, you know, the other offenses. I mean, they are really – they have interchangeable parts too, because when Gary wasn't there, he had been replaced by Quiddy Pay and others, and Quiddy did a hell of a job. And now that he's back, you can put Pay down with his hand down as a pass rusher. They have so much flexibility, and people people can do so many different things and play so many different places. They. The reason is that they're all athletes. They got good athletes there. No matter what their size is, they're pretty athletic. Some of those big people can move too. Uh, it's it's Don Brown has built an empire there, and uh, it seems like he's going to be able to keep it going in year after year. And I hope he does. Whether Michigan is at a point at this point in time that they could beat somebody like. Alabama have a better defense in Alabama. We might get a chance to find out, but their chances of getting into the playoffs would be better if Alabama won than if they lost. As much as I hate Alabama, I, I'm kind of rooting for them to win. 
because you wouldn't that would let Clemson and then there would have to be two SEC schools and we might be out. So we'll see how it all happens. They're going to get tested. They may, if they keep winning, they certainly will get a chance to find out really how good they are in comparison to the best teams in the country. Well, if Michigan wins out, there's no way they don't get in the college football playoffs. So, oh, yeah. well, you know, again, I, I look at it as that, you know, they control their destiny. You have two winnable games the next couple weeks. You have the Buckeyes. you got to take care of that. Um, who, you know, they'll be favored in the Big Ten Championship game. And, and I cannot see a one-loss Michigan team being being held out of the college football playoffs under any circumstances. So, but again, you know, we have a couple weeks to talk about that. So, Andy, what would you like to see from this team? You know, and, and again, I know Coach Harbaugh would hate for us to talk about it like this, but these next two games are 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 practice games. Okay, there's no way on God's green earth Michigan loses the Rutgers. Um, they should not lose to Indiana in, in the, the home finale. So what would you like to see besides no injuries? Because we, we've talked about that. What kind of things would you like to see the team work on over the next couple of weeks before they get ready for, uh, or to get ready for Ohio State? Well, I, I'd like to see some of the younger players get some more actual game time playing if we're way ahead of Rutgers. And I think we got to break in a number two quarterback now. I think that it's undoubtedly going to be Peters, but we'll see. That that's a question that that's got to be solved, and they got to uh, resolve that at game time. If Peters is going to be the number two, he has to have some experience this year on the field, taking snaps during actual games. So that's an issue that's got to be worked out, and I think a very important one. I, too, was sad to see Dylan get hurt because he really was looking good. And I thought he would, well, they ran him twice, didn't have him pass, and maybe that was just once too many. Well, at a certain certain point, football's football. You know, you you can't, you know, you, you have to let the guy go out and play. Now, again, I, I yeah, feel bad for him, but, uh, again, you know, I would feel worse if for some reason, uh, you know, Shea goes down. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I have not been impressed by Brandon Peters. He didn't show me anything last year. Um, I, 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 you know, I'd be interested to see what Milton can do. Uh, but, again, you know, that's up to Coach Harbaugh. We got to see how this goes. Um you know, I, maybe, I, you'll see, maybe you'll see something like that against Rutgers. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing. Okay, if we're if we're talking about you know desires, I wouldn't mind seeing you know Evans carry more of the load the next couple weeks. Um, one, one thing that I saw about Quran is that um, it's a long season. Okay, and on that first run that that he had against Penn State, the first long run. I was really surprised that the safety was able to run him down. Now, I know that, the, that you know, their safety has good speed for Penn State, but I, I wonder if you know, the wear and tear of the season has, uh, has taken a little bit of Karan's uh, top speed a little bit off. 
Um, so again, you want to keep them working, you want to keep them active, you definitely want to do enough to win the games. But I was kind of surprised after a two-week break that he was run down like that. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, first first or second game of the season, I don't think he gets caught. So um, I'd like to see him get a little bit of rest. I'd like to see more of the passing game, which, you know, is, uh, as you said, if we're going to need the passing game, uh, you know, if we have to because we can't run, it would be nice to get some more of the receivers involved and get them used. So so that's what I'm looking for the next couple weeks. You know, next game up is Rutgers. That should be a beatdown. Michigan always likes to put on a good show on that, you know, when they go out there because uh, they do a fair amount of recruiting. Yep, they do yep. a fair amount of recruiting. So uh, I guess we will reconvene after that game. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.